Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. We're back after a one-week-induced hurricane break today, and we are talking about It Chapter 2. I am happy to be joined by friend of the pod, Lissa Koshbakti. Lissa, thanks for joining me for this one. Josh, thanks for having me. I feel bad the hurricane happened while I wasn't there, but... Of course, sending prayers virtually. Yeah, well, it could have been a lot worse for people in our little corner of the Florida, which is where Lissa's from. But Lissa is now temporarily on the West Coast and coming to us from Los Angeles, where she is now going to all of a sudden become way cooler than the rest of us and see all the Oscar movies like a month before me. So we're going to have to figure out how to make that work in a couple of months. But uh, we, we, we both saw It Chapter 2 at about the same time. So I'm excited to talk about that with you. Uh, it Chapter 2 is obviously the second half of the of a movie adaptation of Stephen King's 1986 novel, which is like 2,000 pages long. So they figured, why not try and make this into two movies? And it turned out to be a pretty wise financial decision because I think the first one became like one of the highest grossing R-rated movies of all time, if not the highest, if I'm remembering that correctly. And the first one that came out about the same time two years ago followed a bunch of uh, little kids in the fiction Stephen King's fictional town of Deary, Maine, as they were haunted by a really scary clown named Pennywise who liked to come around every, their town every 27 years and uh, eat little kids. And they kind of figured out that it was an every 27-year thing. And at the end of the first movie, they said all the kids got together and said, hey, if this happens again, we got to come back. Guess what? It happened again. And <laughs> now the movie picks up uh, 27 years later as all these kids are grown up and played by a lot of actors we know, including uh, Bill Hader and James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain and the dude from the Old Spice commercials. And <laughs> they are now going to have to team up and uh, fight the clown again. L- Lissa, I want to ask you first, uh, where did you come down on the first It and what were your uh, thoughts headed into It Chapter 2 and what did you want to see from this movie? Yeah, so I actually, believe it or not, I waited a whole year until the first It came out. Were you just really scared? <laughs> I know. No, I actually, I I was actually moving to New York when the first It came out. So ticket prices were like $15. So between moving and that, I didn't want to see it just yet. Gotcha. But it worked out because I saw It during my first Halloween Horror Night. So it was a very good experience. I love the first It. Um, the, the scariness level of it was intense. I love the kids in it, the perspective of the kids and how, you know, you kind of saw it through their eyes. So for it, chapter, and I actually rewatched it last week, the first it. As so did for I, it, yeah. chapter two, yes. So just to make sure it's refreshed in our minds. But for it, chapter two, you know, I kind of had a lot of standards. I was nervous because as adults, the perspective becomes different, but, you know, excited for the camaraderie and them getting back together. together. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with me because I expected it to be scarier and I guess for some, for myself included, it wasn't, unfortunately, but definitely interesting visuals. Um, but just a lot going on. I'm trying to think of the positives first before I think of the negatives. Well, I'm not going to make you give every single pro and every single yeah. con of the movie up front, but I was curious what your uh, overall reaction to the movie was. And I mean, I've heard that a few places yeah. too, that it wasn't like as scary as they would have liked. But uh, would you, would you say you ultimately came out like positive on the movie because there was enough other things you liked or were you overall disappointed? Yeah, that's a good question. Definitely, definitely left positive experience, but there were a few holes in the viewing experience for me that kind of like left me dragging, but I still really loved it. And I think I have to credit that for sure to the cast. 
Yeah. Um, the cast really held it together, fan of comedy and Bill Hader. So he definitely was a star for me of the of the movie. Yeah. Bill Hader plays Richie, who is kind of like the, you know, the wise ass of the group of kids that we met in the first movie. He's played by the young version of whom is played by Finn Wolfhard. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely say that this would be like a much less watchable movie if it was not for Bill Hader's performance. He just like it was a standout in the way that the other ones weren't. And, you know, I think what my biggest takeaway from this movie was, was that like, I was almost that like, I I feel like I maybe came down on it a little differently than a lot of people, even if I wasn't necessarily more positive on it than most. Cause I think, uh, first of all, this movie is like two hours and 50 minutes, which, uh, isn't like, uh, I think a movie really has to earn that runtime. A movie you can have a good movie that's that long, but you better like make good use of the time. Own it. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like a lot of people are like kind of upset by that and are going to a lot of people are just going to automatically say any movie of that length is too long and that's not really where I come down on it. I just want you to make better use of your time, but I think the areas that I I, I was maybe a little frustrated with as far as like this is something you could have cut for your runtime. Maybe it wasn't in the same areas as other people. You know, a lot of people when you have something like this, they're like very upset that there's a lot of exposition. And I yeah. think I, I enjoyed a lot of these performances, so I was actually kind of fine with the getting the band back together sequence. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. You know, with something like a like a much worse movie, like, you know, like Suicide Squad came out. Did you ever see Suicide Squad? <laughs> I did, unfortunately. I think I want to keep it that way. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, there's like a very big, you know, getting the band back together sequence that feels like it, yeah. it almost literally takes like a third, like not like a fifth of the movie, maybe a f- closer to a fourth. And it's just like you don't learn anything about these people. It just really takes yeah. forever. And and so like i guess a lot of people's reactions is to like really like be down on something if it doesn't do the getting the band back together sequence as quickly and efficiently and effectively as something like oceans 11 which is incredible because like it introduces most of those characters aside from like the two biggest stars in it and like at most like two to three minutes each and is like really really like and you get a good sense of who all those people are and i actually kind of enjoyed just like because i was fresh off of seeing the first one i enjoyed Mm -hmm. just all of a sudden going straight into seeing what these people are like as older characters and where their lives had taken them. And I kind of like, there was a lot of things in this movie in like the latter half that like, I just thought were like really, really unnecessary just to be a little broad with my points for now. There is a point later in this movie in which they decide they all have to split up, which (laughs) is kind of like a trope in horror movies. And you say, Oh, you're going to be better together. Why are you doing this? But like, they even comment on that within the movie. And I'm like, you know, I really like seeing you guys hang out together a little more, and I don't really need to like follow each of you on your own little mini movie within this movie that's already too long. And they right. kind of like split up in a way where they just kind of re- reenact some of the scenes from the first one, where they each go and get scared, and right. they have their own experience with some kind of CGI, and that's it. And it's and go ahead. Sorry to cut you. I just want to add. Beside beside Richie's character. We truly didn't learn anything new about each person. For for every member of the gang, like it was the same, it was the same fears. But you know, Richie's fear manifested into like anxiety later on in life. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, yeah definitely. You can still like, enjoy these performances like we did, and still acknowledge the fact that like they probably for a movie that's two hours and fifty minutes long, they could have gotten into these characters a little more. Right. I definitely agree with that point. And my, my thing, and I think a way to remedy that would have been to maybe just like make that first act of the movie a little longer and a big theme of these movies is like inherited trauma and how it doesn't go away and it's lasting effects 
and it would have been interesting and a little different. I get that this is a Stephen King movie. You want to have this small town feel, and it needs to come back to this place at some point. But right. it retread a lot of the same territory as the first movie, and I thought a way to maybe differentiate itself in a way that, like, yeah, maybe this isn't what happens in the book. I bet maybe it does. They probably do spend more time with each of these characters at the beginning of that the the later uh part of the timeline and to see what their daily lives are like and how they are still being affected by this trauma we get a general idea of it we see that you know we we know from the first movie that beverly had an abusive relationship with her father it makes Mm -hmm. sense that she would end up with an abuser because that is a thing that happens but yeah it's just very quick and we don't actually kind of see like how she's functioning in life and how how she's reflecting on like what brought her to this point and, yeah. and a lot of it is probably informed by what happened in that when she was younger. And similarly, like we we again, we agree that like the Richie is handled best as one of these older characters. But it still would have been interesting to see other than like because we see him like only have a panic attack on stage after he gets the phone call. Not mm-hmm. like how these things are still bothering him to this day when he has a job that like requires him to um, perform in front of lots of people and be on. And yeah. Not lose it, and and I mean we see Ben like being very successful, and that's kind of it. You know, we don't yeah. really know what's going on with him. We see uh, Mike is basically the same. You know, uh, or not Mike? Sorry, um, uh, Eddie. Um, he's basically yeah. the same. Like he's very neurotic and very like uh, nervous. He's a freaking like risk management guy because of course. But like that all fits with what his character would have been before the events of the first movie, anyway. Right, so it's like new. So it's like we we don't like. I think it would have been cool just to follow these people in like their lives now and just kind of get a sense of like how how's Bill like managing to be successful in Hollywood despite all the grief and guilt that he's like carrying with him. You know, right? Like a pregame for each of their character arcs would have been so much fun. Right, and I and I I I mean I enjoyed those glimpses we got into that lot their lives, and so I wasn't like upset, but it's like maybe just make that a big like keep it at first, sure, keep it a two hour and fifty minute movie if you want to, uh, but like maybe just like allocate that time a little better right because it's like when you like break down what the movie the movie's story actually is you're like wait why is it so long like they had to get <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking about that myself right yeah. now it's like, like after we had all we spent all that time with them like what really happened other than like w- them going to get some artifacts and like us seeing them all get scared one more time and then fighting a big crab dude the, the whole movie was allocated to like all these flashbacks which is like very important but also the flashbacks were i'm sure we'll talk about that soon but they yeah. were very yeah. Uh, kind of off-putting with all the de-aging and the voice alterations, but it's like when you break down the movie, why was it so long? They had to get back together. They had to fight Pennywise and call it a day. They they went back to their beds. Could have been within twenty-four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know? okay, and, and I hate to go all like just go all negative, negative, negative now because I, I mean know. there are parts of this movie that I like, but uh, but okay. you you kind of brought it there, and I want to ask you about those flashbacks because yeah. that kind of gets to like how I think they edited this these two movies together and uh decided to divide up what what went into each of them because the the thousand page book just is a constant cut back and forth between the timelines whereas you know the first movie is just right there and i think this movie wants us to like have a sense of or it assumes that we have a sense of like just how tight all these people were and the first movie i don't think really sets that up well enough and i i like the first movie so i don't want to like i don't want to like retroactively denigrate it but I don't think the first movie did the legwork that this movie seems to think it did. And what I mean by that is at the beginning of the first movie, the the, the, the quote-unquote losers are just – it's just Eddie, Richie, and Bill really. And they end up having Ben and Mike and Beverly uh, later join the gang. 
but right. it's really just three of them and it doesn't really take the first one i mean it's a little shorter it's still a pretty long movie it doesn't really yeah. take the time to just show them like hanging out and having fun that much we get an idea of what their lives might have been like and how these losers were self-described losers and they were kind of content because they had each other but there's yeah. just three of them and they kind of quickly add on members throughout that movie but it's right. all within the course of like the plot main plot of that movie like you don't see them actually slowing down and bonding all that much like beverly right. like they go straight from the scene where beverly joins them at the is that a, it's not a lake is it a quarry or what do they call it um I know. I don't know what the actual term is. I should have paid more attention. The place with the water, whatever it might actually be called. We'll call it a lake for our purposes. She she shows up there after they've kind of run in there at that drugstore and she helped them out. She jumps into the water with them and it basically goes straight from that sequence where they're hanging out. It's a nice fun scene to them. Like, like then dealing with each of them getting scared on their own before they come together to like go to the house. So, and then in this movie, all of a sudden it's flashing back to them hanging out in this clubhouse that Ben apparently built. And it's yeah. like they became friends with Ben when he was getting stabbed to death by these bullies. And then we're like, he's like, hey, man, hey, guys, I'm kind of like a nerd that has like a whole entire like wall set up to this town's conspiracy. And then we're off into the main plot. So it's like yeah. the, we're supposed to know that these people have this shared history. It's like, oh, remember all those days we spent going back in the clubhouse? And it's like Beverly was never hanging out in that clubhouse with you guys. As far as we know, she moves away at the end of the movie. So it's right. like it keeps dropping us back into like these flashbacks where it's like, this isn't kind of like the shared universe that you showed us in the first movie. And maybe I'm getting a little too nitpicky, but like, that's kind of where my mind went. I'm like, wait, like there was, am I forgetting? I, cause at the time I saw it chapter two, I was only like five days, I think removed from watching it chapter one. I'm like, am I forgetting something? Like, were there all these scenes with them like kind of hanging out and it's fine to do a flashback to something that we haven't previously seen, but like, this is like a period of their lives that I'm pretty sure like the timeline in the first movie doesn't allow for. No, I felt the exact same way, and I'm so glad you brought that up, too, because I actually saw the movie today with my roommates, and we, we kind of looked at each other. We were like, do you remember this part, or <laughs> am I missing something? Like, do you remember what just happened? You know, so we kind of questioning it, too. Um, and then I was the same way. I watched the movie last week, and I was trying to remember what part. I was like, I don't remember when the treehouse was built. I don't remember when they all hung out, when they all wore the little scrubs on their heads. I mean, like, definitely it felt like they were filling in certain parts of the first that they couldn't mention, but then it just fell out of place at the same time too. Cause you were like trying to catch up, but it was also modern day. I never so saw it was them like, grow you know, into like a cohesive unit. Like they talk about being, I like right. that scene at the Chinese restaurant. Those actors are good. It's fun, but it's like, you never quite like all vibed like this at any point in the first movie. Uh, and it's like, I mean, it, I don't know. It, it was, it was kind of weird. And it's like, you know, you're talking about, where did all of it? Where where did this uh, 170 minutes like? Where 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 did this all go? Yeah, it's just weird that it felt like it spent a lot of time dealing with like just these flashbacks that were kind of like the same thing as like like it's also like they're showing they're kind of flashing back to scenes where they got scared by Pennywise when they were younger. You know, you, right. I, I I actually just went back and watched a couple scenes again right before we got on, and I was like, there's a scene where like they're all talking about their experiences with the clown. And yeah. then Richie's like, so, so, so is it only virgins that can see this? Is that why I'm not seeing it? Which is like a funny joke in the moment. But then like, yeah. then we see him have a flashback with like the whole, uh, thing where he's like leaving the arcade and gets scared and he like runs yeah. out to like the Paul Bunyan thing. And it's yeah. like, uh, wait, it, did that, did, did like he mention that in the first movie? Cause I don't feel like I don't remember him having his scene. I, I thought I remembered him being the one that didn't have one. It's like, 
a lot, we're seeing all these, or, or we're seeing where Ben like gets teased by like Pennywise dressed up as Beverly after he tries yeah. to kiss her, and it's like, what I, is the timeline? <laughs> right, it's like I remember him like running in and out of the school, like he's like running or running through the library, I think, and yeah. like he, he yeah. runs into that librarian, and it's like. <laughs> did, did they each have these other experiences with him it's the clown at some point and then just like right. not mention it to the other kids it's just like it's weird that it spent a lot of time doing that when we already saw them get scared in separate scenes in that first movie and it's like we should we remember that well enough to know that that was kind of part of the plot of that first movie do we need to yeah. see sim- very similar scenes all again when we could have like actually like we, we already talked about like just seeing them kind of dealing with a lot of this trauma later in life yeah like they, they spend so much time rehashing it when we knew pretty much all of them could see Pennywise and Pennywise affected all of them. And it just felt like, I mean, I, it was a good insight, but it was just like, I feel like I was missing points and they were either trying to, you know, it kind of felt as though they were trying to bring back the original cast. Like they were making new scenes for the original cast to come back. If that makes sense. No, yeah, but I mean, I've heard some people say that they actually think the book is really effective in how it jumps back and forth between the timelines. And yeah. uh, so maybe it's not a bad thing that they did that. It just felt like they uh, maybe just didn't do it in the best possible way. Like, I, I, I think that original cast is really good. So I don't I – di- well, I want to touch on one thing you mentioned earlier. You said that, like, the like the, like the de-aging was bad. So did you think – like, because uh, did you watch the most recent season of Stranger Things or have you watched any of those Stranger Th- Things kids on the press tours? Like, yes, Finn I Wolfhard have. is probably, like, six foot one now, right? Yeah, um, he's, like, six foot one. He looks like a teenager. He has long hair. His face somehow got skinnier, like – He's older, and his voice is so much well, deeper. So, like you I said, mean, puberty. I, I, well, I, I found myself thinking, I'm like, I just know from, like, seeing him and stuff, and even, like, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer was, like, the friend in Shazam. I don't know if you saw Shazam. Yeah. So, like, he was good in that. It was, like, he looked older in that than he did in this. I'm like, I wonder when these things filmed, because, like, they at least yeah. made these kids. I didn't think it looked like they were artificially DH. I just kind of thought about it. It's like, wow, like, they got really lucky with, like, when they must have filmed this before, like, these kids hit big yeah. growth spurts. I just, I, I just didn't know. But could, are you saying that you thought it was, like, some CGI aging that bothered you with the kids i think finn wolfhard was the worst for me because of stranger okay. things because when you kind of looked at him in the film his well i guess they they kind of altered it so that his glasses made his eyes look really big oh. but then his face kind of looked like, like a skeleton because they had to thin it out and i didn't really notice this but um my friends that i was with my roommates they noticed that the, the voice pitching like they, they changed the pitch of their voices oh, okay and that really bothered them but i couldn't really pin that out so I don't know if you noticed that either. No, it, it didn't bother me in the moment, but I, I certainly did think about the fact that, like, these are yeah. some kids that are, like, well-known for other things now, you know. Uh, right. Sophia Lewis, who plays Beverly, was in um, – uh, she was in Sh- Sharp Objects, uh, playing the younger version of Amy Adams. Uh, She's going to be in Greta and uh, – what, Greta and Hansel? What is oh, it? I, oh, I didn't see that. But, like, I, I mean, don't... they're doing other stuff now, so it's like we're seeing them in other things, and now they're still supposed to kind of right. be the same age here. So I was thinking about that a lot, but it didn't actually really bother me. Uh, one other thing, though, when we're talking about, like, uh, bringing back these old characters, I did not think there was any reason for them to bring back the Bowers character. Uh, you know, the boy, you know, I guess I guess he gets brought back. He probably gets brought back in the book because that's a thing. But it just seemed like a super un- – like, you take that guy out of the movie, and it really doesn't lose, like, anything, you know? I, I would agree with that, too. I think I – I was thinking about it the whole time. I was like, he didn't add anything to the film. If you took out his whole character arc as like an adult, like why didn't they just let him die? You know, I don't right. know why he had to, why he came back. To, that sounds bad. I'm sorry, but oh. you know, you could save so much time if you took his character out because I don't think it really added to anything. Because the only part it would have added to is if he killed 
Um, okay, we can't can we spoil. I'm not spoiling, but if he killed uh, in we'll that go, one, we'll go to a spoiler section in a minute because I feel like we haven't spoiled anything really yeah. yet. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but for that one scene, he could have done something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a scene that involves him. I mean, I, I don't even think it's spoiling anything to say to say yeah. that he he does die. I don't really care if we have a separate spoiler section after that. But yeah, like the the person that ends up uh, killing him, like you know, they, they could have ended up doing it something else of equal significance. And it's just it felt like right. it spent a lot. It spent like at least five to ten minutes just on him hanging out with the the other zombie yeah. version of the other boy or whatever. And it was like. Yeah. That, like it's not adding very much to the movie at all, and this time I could be better spent elsewhere. I did kind of love the part when he first sees the balloon and he freaks out out of excitement True. because you're obviously he's excited, but as an audience, you're like, you know, oh crap, like something's about to happen, and just kind of the the anticipation of watching the balloon go through the windows, and then when you finally get to that his room, you know, you're like, what's going on, and then. Mm-hmm. Chaos ensues-ish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one, another thing I do want to ask you about, though, is you, you mentioned earlier how um, you didn't think the, the first movie – or was it that you said that – you said the, did you say the first movie was scary and you didn't think this one was? Or was it – or did you say it was the first movie – you said this one wasn't scary. This one wasn't as scarier for me. Okay. But I think I have reasons for that. <laughs> well, 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 can you elaborate on that? Because I'd yeah. say there were a few sequences in this one that, like, I mean, even if it wasn't, like, jump scares, like, right. I thought it was still, like, really effective in certain moments where it was, like, I just, like, like when she, you know, like, when Beverly just, like, kind of shows up at the house, uh, at her old house, like, I just had a feeling something bad was going to happen. or. Happen. Or, or we're like anytime a little kid wanders off in a, in a movie like this, like you're going to get really scared. So I thought it was almost more like suspenseful and like building dread. And I thought it was really effective in those moments. But were there other things that you were hoping it would have done better? No, I yeah, definitely with the Beverly scene. I just wanted to add it kind of reminded me of The Shining and The Naked Woman. woman so mm-hmm. I love that part. But sorry, the question was what parts actually. Well, was What areas were you hoping for to get a little more out of it in terms of uh, whatever you hope to get for in terms of scares when you go to a horror movie? Um, I mean, I obviously love horror, but I'm, I love, I do love jump scares, Mm -hmm. but I also, I do love kind of gore and blood more so, but I understand that, you know, it is more of, uh, imagining fear and I should have, you know, kind of not hyped myself up on the gore and the blood and the, (laughs) and the jump scares. Because I think also when you think about the first, when you think about it, the first chapter, you know, Pennywise is more so in the shadows. You you know, you only see his eyes. You only see his face until certain things happen. But Pennywise is actually, you know, outside more in this film. He's kind of out in the daylight. It feels like not as scarier un- until like some parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really loved uh, the, I guess it's called like the fun house, like yeah, mirror. F- house of mirrors, fun house. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the name. I feel like we don't have any, we only have the South Florida fair. So I'm like, mm-hmm. never. We've never had that, but I really did love that scene, and I love that they used the the actor that played young Georgie in the first film because that that was him, right? Oh, I did thought that kid that? looked familiar. That was Georgie from the first film. Oh, I did not catch that, but like yeah, it makes he sense. So yeah, he looked so familiar. I just didn't like quite get it. Yeah, so I love that part, and the poor. I don't want to oh, spoilers, but you know whatever happens in that scene, but. I also was reading a review that made a good point, too. I think the first film was scarier for a lot of us because you're viewing the film from the perspective of kids. And you know when you're a kid, everything obviously frightens you more so. But as, as they're adults, it's kind of a heightened responsibility to 
not be scared anymore and, you know, take care of Pennywise. So I think that's kind of where I was falling in between scary or not scary, but it's such like a bland term. I hate being like, this wasn't as scary because it doesn't necessarily make it worse or anything. Well, I think one thing that maybe could like make those scenes like at least a little more interesting for me, even if maybe they vary in terms of like how effective they are in scaring is like, and I, I don't know if it's an unreasonable ask me, but I would like to learn a little bit more just like about how Pennywise works. Um, maybe not like a Pennywise origin story. We get a little bit of that actually in and of itself, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like, you know, it's like, we keep getting these scenes over and over again of them encountering him one-on-one. And it's like, uh, actually, you know, I think I just want to go into spoiler territory right now. So, uh, before I, I was about to say something like really spoiler, I'm like, I, I'm going to catch myself now. We've already given the, given the viewer, the listeners a decent amount of context anyway. But, um, right. I, I would still say like the, you know, Alyssa and I did this kind of rant about a bunch of complaints about the movie, but I think one of the things that I'll say is that like it, you know, the fact that like I've said all these negative things and it's like two hours and 15 minutes long, I didn't actually like find myself like actively like hating the fact that the movie was as long as it was. I think I was kind of like criticizing it in my head for like uh, things I thought it could have done better to make better use of its time. But like, I don't, it's not like a tough sit for something that's necessarily that long. Yeah. And I, I'll say that, like, I think the performances that we've already mentioned, like are really good and that you enjoy watching these actors enough that like, I don't think you're like really, it doesn't feel like, Oh my God, I'm stuck in this place forever. I'm more like criticizing it from the standpoint of like, if you're going to make a movie this long, here's, other stuff you should have put in but like i don't if if you like the first movie i think there's enough to like here to like still make it worth going to even though it's long and i'll say and i'll say that for anyone that's like doesn't want to that's listening now and just doesn't want to hear any spoilers so uh do you have anything you want to add on to that before we jump in this spoiler territory would you still recommend people check it out at this point in the year yeah of course i definitely agree with you josh um i know we're kind of nitpicking it but i truly during the film did it find myself criticizing it as much? Maybe because I knew I was doing a podcast on it later. I was thinking <laughs> about it. But, um, you know, there were, there were only two points that I actually like really cringed. But besides that, it didn't feel that long. You have fun during the whole thing. It's still a great watch. I'd recommend it. You know, we are nitpicking it because I feel like we have to do that at some point. But it's still a great watch, and I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, uh, and, I, and, I, and uh, with that said, then I will uh, we'll, we'll kind of jump into this forward territory. And what I was saying was, there's a, there's a lot of scenes in this movie, like we've already talked about, I thought were kind of unnecessary, where people, you know, they just uh, they kind of go off one by one, and they're kind of scary. And I and I and I think it would have been more interesting if we kind of like it really felt like repeats of these other scenes from the first movie, where it's like you know, someone reminds someone else or they have to tell themselves, like, it's not really real. And they just, like, run really fast and all of a sudden they're, like, out of danger, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, wait, like, there are scenes where it's like, it seems like all they have to do is remind themselves that Pennywise isn't real and that they can't, they're not afraid of him and then they'll be okay. And those are the scenes where it's like Pennywise just, like, bites the person in half. And I, I, I don't know how much internal logic there really needs to be to it, but, like, I felt like a way for this movie to distinguish itself from a lot of these scenes that feel kind of similar to the first movie would have been to, like, have them get to the bottom of it. And instead, you know, we another issue is that we spend this whole all – all these, like – scenes where they're going off on their own so they can get these artifacts that end up not really mattering because it turns out they just it turns out they just need to bully pennywise and then he'll go away uh and i still really like bill skarsgård's performance as pennywise and it's like really good and it's uh it's really scary whenever he's on screen and all that but it's like i just think like to make this to use this character in a way that feels fresh they could have you know like dug a little deeper as to like what makes 
how he functions and what is actually needs to be done to stop him. Instead, it's kind of ambiguous how some people survive the encounters and some people don't. And then uh, we spend all this time on this in- weird Native American prophecy that also ends up not really mattering. And then all of a sudden, like, it clicks and, hey, we can bully him and now we can just defeat him. Like, I, I just thought the whole resolution of him as a character, even as effective as he is in his isolated scary moments, just didn't really work. Yeah, I would agree. I was actually so excited for that scene where Beverly went to her old apartment because I was like, oh my gosh, is this, is this Pennywise's daughter or something going to happen? And then you see Pennywise, um, uh, as this like human form, I guess you could say, hmm. you know, hmm. the, the scene with Bill Skarsgård, I'm glad to spoil it, but the scene with no, Bill Skarsgård. We're Skarsgård's- in spoiler section now. You'd say whatever okay. you want. Perfect. And so, so Bill is like putting on the white makeup and he's mm-hmm. talking to Beverly. I was hoping for more from that. I was like, do we get a background? Do we get like how he works? And then going off of that, like you mentioned how he works, we learned so much about the, the orbs. I forgot what they were called. I just watched it. Today. It's embarrassing. Um, the three orbs that are like, are like powering. Oh, Pennywise. I, I, I don't remember what they're called <laughs> either. I don't, I don't, I really don't think it's that. <laughs> okay, good. But I was like, they kept bringing up why oh, dead lights, dead lights. The deadlights, thank you. Sorry. So, like, that's why he's powered, but, like, we, I wanted more of that. And then you drag this whole, you know, stereotypical Native American story into it that has nothing to do with it. And it's like – and then the end is just you bully the clown into submission and then take his heart out. So I don't know. That's the lesson <laughs> of the movie. We've seen all these kids get picked on for everything, but it turns out bullying is actually good. Right. Uh, they were bullied. Shouldn't <laughs> they not be bullying the clown? Like, I, that, it's such – that's so hypocritical for me. I don't know. Part of it is like, I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure like most kids, you, uh, you did. I know I did. We probably had yeah. our own experiences with bullying when we're, when we're right. younger. And I, I think a very effective tool for dealing with bullying. Like I found when I, I mean, I, I not that like, at least in middle school at a certain point where like, I kind of realized like, Hey, if you kind of take ownership over the situation, just like laugh the bully off or something like it is actually a very empowering feeling. You know, right. and that's and, that, and that's certainly a good lesson to have. And that wasn't the end of me ever experiencing bullying, but you right. know, that was like a good lesson I learned about the time I was the age of like, well, actually, the kids—they're not kids anymore when they actually decide to bully the clown. But like, it, it is an interesting message to like have that be the case. But like, I, I will say that like part of what like um, makes like part of what does does work about the movie though is like I still think Pennywise is like a really uh, interesting villain, and in that he like does prey on insecurities still. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and that it makes him like a very unique, specific villain in that manner, you know, right. whether it be Ben's uh, body image issues, uh, Beverly's history of abuse, Bill's guilt, Richie's Richie's sexuality. Uh, like, I do think it is interesting how like he just zeroes in on that stuff like a true bully. And I think that that stuff really works. And that's why a lot of people are complaining that there wasn't enough Pennywise in this movie. And I I mean. I I, 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 I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that or not, but I, I'll, I'll just say I think that definitely works, that stuff. Those, in those isolated moments with him when he is, like, actually digging into their psyche, I guess I'm saying that works, but maybe, like, it feels like a, a lot of the scenes got very protracted when they were out on their own where it's, like, they could have just easily had their own visions with him saying that, and you could just work that into the first section of the movie when, like, we're still hanging out with them before the band gets together. Uh, yeah. th- I don't know. I, I just think that it is interesting, and he's still a good villain, and I wanted to say something nice because we've mostly said not nice things. And I do think those moments work, and they're very character-based. And as we're saying, like, I don't think we, we probably didn't get enough character building for most of these people. So that stuff's yeah. all really good, but it's still – it feels like they could have even spent more time on that in a certain way than we did. And 
it, instead we spend so much time it is it's a, it really is like now that i'm thinking about it like we're, we're joking about where hey where'd the time go like we spend a lot of time like having mike talk to bill about like these native americans and again and i'm glad you touched on it like not exactly the best depiction of these native americans if there's not going to be like a little bit more of a payoff or a little Aww. more context it's very stereotypical like this is what the your stereotype of a native american looks like in your head we're going to put that in this movie and have it kind of be a big plot point that goes nowhere similarly the artifact thing goes nowhere like there's a lot of time devoted to that stuff and it could have just more been more about like pennywise like psychologically torturing these people as opposed to like physically torturing them or something like that yeah that's a really good point too i know i'm trying to collect my thoughts as well too i will say though that i know i'm criticizing the ending a lot as well but i actually really liked um you know after they do the ritual up until the end up until before the end where they bully him if that makes sense like i liked how the balloon came out of the artifact and oh. it's kind of a like oh a cool shit moment. yeah it was a cool visual and i liked when you know penny i don't want to i mean we're spoiling but when pennywise is kind of like talking to them behind the the meteorite uh, statues kind of thing and like talking to them um but the scenes in between that were a little bit i don't know i just wasn't a fan of the um ben beverly love story i don't know how did you feel about that well i mean you know they were always meant to be together but now he's hot so they can be together right <laughs> um i don't know those scenes were cringy for it me, was weird i thought i was like that was another thing where i was like kind of think back to the beginning of the movie and I, or the to the first movie i was like didn't she kind of find out that he wrote the poem like, yeah, and she then, found out. Why did she act like she didn't know? It's like, but like, but the thing is, they also talk about how they spend a lot of time in the movie talking about how it's like the further they get from Deary, the less they remember, and that they all kind of have some level of amnesia, and they keep talking about how they can't remember certain things that happened then. So maybe she not only forgot some of her encounters with Pennywise, but she just for, forgot the point at which she thought that Ben wrote the letter, and then she just like went back to thinking like maybe it was Bill, and then she had to be reminded again. Like I don't know, but there was they, they, she definitely like has that moment where she realizes that in the first movie, but she still kisses Bill at the end of the first movie. And then it's like, I thought she just kind of like accepted that she liked Bill better. And then now we're back here and it's like, Ben's hot and has a cool architecture job. So I'll go with him. (laughs) And this is Mike too. I'm like, y'all both are married, (laughs) but I guess that doesn't matter in the film world, but (laughs) well, yeah, I mean, uh, apparently he he is kind of like on the outs a little bit with his, uh, actress girlfriend. Uh, and, it happens. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but no. I, I don't know. I, I, I got I, one thing I will say that we mentioned his uh, um, briefly mentioned his career. Like I uh, one of the areas I did get a lot of laughs on was like every time they just kind of like shit on him for not being able to end end his stories. I how'd you feel about that? Well, I don't. I, I mean, I got a laugh out of it. Like every time, like like even Richie made a couple offhanded remarks about just like about it here and there, and I I, I got I got a kick out of it and. Yeah. I don't know if like that's something that's written into the book itself where they actually make jokes about that and it's like right. Stephen King like making fun of himself or not like I'm not totally yeah. sure but like I, 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 I don't know it was, it was kind of cool like seeing, seeing them kind of give each other crap because like I'm saying like we didn't we didn't uh, maybe it would be it might not have set up like their relationships as well as in the first movie as we wanted them to for this based on how they framed everything here but like yeah. we know like Richie and uh, we know like Richie and Eddie and Bill go way back and I'm like, Oh, I can totally see them having that rapport where like they would shit on each other for stuff like that. Exactly. No, I thought the jokes about the ending of King's novel was pretty funny. I thought they were good jabs. I also loved his little, his little cameo in the, 
antique shop. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I don't know if he. I guess he does that every now and then in stuff that's adapted about him. But like, I I, I couldn't tell you in one of them other ones off the top of my head where he's done that. I haven't yeah. seen every Stephen King adaptation, but like, apparently he actually like does that every now and then and doesn't have bad screen presence. I I honestly like haven't watched like a lot of Stephen King interviews or anything of that nature before myself. I knew he was like in a bad accident in 1999 where he got like hit by a car, and so. I was, um, I was like, huh, like, is that him? Because, like, I, I couldn't remember, like, what exactly his physical state is, if he's actually, like, healthy enough to walk around. But I guess he actually is. He just had some serious health problems for a while where, like, it, and it really put a damper on his, uh, how prolific he was as a writer for some time. But, like, it's cool that, like, he's healthy enough to, like, actually do something like that. And, I mean, yeah. I, I was like, oh, is that Stephen King? But at the same time, he wasn't, like, he was good enough at acting that it wasn't, like, too super distracting to have him there, you know? Yeah. I was also going to ask you if you've watched the the TV series or the previous film. Of, no, no, I haven't. No, I don't have any either. Everyone says it's, everyone says they're better. So, oh really? Maybe we have. To- uh, and be interesting to kind of revisit them at some point and kind of see how they pulled that off and uh, what they kind of decided to keep in versus uh, what they decided to keep in here. You know, like there's a whole other thing um, apparently about like at the end, like there's apparently a very powerful turtle that plays a very big role and that's something they decided not to do to kind of do away with here i mean throwing something like a all-powerful turtle into the mix might have just been a bit much on top of a movie that like already didn't really have all of its act have its whole act together but you know i'm just saying like there's like a a thousand twelve hundred page book like there's like so many different things and i'd be i don't know if i'm ever going to take the time to read that book but i'm like curious like man like i'm sure they could have like pulled a lot of different stuff and cut a lot of different things and just made a made a version of this movie that like i enjoyed uh a lot more than i did but like i'm at least happy that again i'm still happy that i saw it but like it just seems like there's a lot of potential to do things differently um, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, are there? Uh, is there anything else you want to? I mean, we already talked about how like much we enjoyed Bill Hader. Did you want to shout out any of the other performances or anything like that? Um, I did like James McAvoy's performance. I think he's a brilliant actor too. Um, and the Old Spice guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly didn't recognize him in the movie. I, I recognized him, but not, I didn't know where I recognized him from. And then right. I heard people saying it afterward, and I was like, "That's wild!" That like. I've never seen this dude in anything besides old precise commercials. And now he's in like a major picture, um, like yeah. the biggest horror movie of the year, probably. Uh, so that was kind of, that was kind of weird, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed, uh, James Ransone as, uh, as Eddie was cool. Like, I mean, I know him from, um, basically just the wire and from tangerine and it's like, but he's like done a lot of other things and he's like, just doesn't often do things like this high profile. And he like is like a dead ringer for like in the face for Jack Dylan Grazer as like an older version. So it kind of made sense, but like, he's like jitter jittery enough as a performer that I think it works though. At the same time, their version of like giving him extra backstory and depth was like, you're going to like marry a heavy, heavy set woman that looks like your mom. And then we're going to make fun of you for it. And it's like, yeah. you could have like, I, I, I like him as an actor and I would have liked them to, to still maybe done a little bit more with the character. But again, right. I think we're both in agreement on that already, but like, I just, I do think he like got the mannerisms down pretty well, which I appreciated. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he did a really good job too. And when they all came together. Yeah, at we, the end, well, we know? didn't talk about that when, when he died. Uh, yeah. how, how did you think that moment played? It obviously hits Richie the hardest, uh, the movie is very subtle about implying that like he had might have had stronger than just friendship feelings. Yeah. Or I don't want to say too subtle. Like he writes his name on the freaking bridge or whatever, and like right. is, really loses his shit. But they don't explicitly discuss 
uh, yeah. Richie's sexuality that much. They just like have Pennywise allude to it, and he thinks about it. Like, what did you think about how how that that kind of aspect of the plot was handled? No, I kind of agree with you. I know. I guess like writing the name isn't subtle, but for me, it felt subtle too because it, it felt like we never answered it, and it was kind of this like textbook like oh, you have a hidden secret, but also, like, what doesn't it take place in the 80s? Uh, the, the, well, the, well, 89. Well, I mean, the, the when they're older, they're, they're, in, they're in 2016 or whatever, but, like, the, fir- the first timeline in, for this is in, like, the 80s. Yeah. In the book, it's, like, the 50s and the 80s. Here it's the 80s and the 2010s, you know. So, I don't know. I didn't really care for that part. It felt very textbook-like, oh, like, you have a hidden secret. And I don't know how I – I mean, I, I, I love that – you know, Richie was in love with Eddie. I hope that's true because I would for sure ship that, but also that makes it even more sad. But it's like, if you're going to do that, you know, go bigger with it. Don't well, what's also so- weird is that the, we didn't even talk about the very first scene of the movie, which opens up with a homophobic hate crime. And, yeah, which uh, is also violence. <laughs> which is how, we I mean, we are, uh, that's how we're introduced that Pennywise is back. And apparently I was listening to a podcast earlier about the movie and it's like, there, there are a lot of different examples of that. Not necessarily even like, homophobic hate crimes just like of people living their lives in Deary and getting attacked like that happens throughout the book so that's just like one example of that but it's notable that they choose to do it on as a same-sex couple and then like we don't end up going like we don't really revisit the consequences of that or if it means anything nothing is really said about homosexuality the rest of the movie other than like what happens with this thing with Richie and I I do think like Bill Hader's performance even without them like directly like having him talk about his sexuality like you can tell there's like a lot going on with him like it's like we're saying it's the most layered one it's the most well-written one but he probably like conveys the most angst with his life beyond the the clown beyond the immediate threat at hand and you could just tell there's like a lot of pain and i think that's really good and but like you're saying like i don't know like how is again this is like a two hour and 50 minute movie even if they had like already rearranged their priorities in some of the ways we've already discussed how much time can you really devote to like talking about this one character's sexuality and without making it like way too long if you're saying you need to delve into this and thoroughly do it i I don't really know the answer to that but i can kind of see why they wanted to kind of allude to it without like trying to like half-ass it either you know like 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 maybe just be kind of subtle about it instead of just going halfway because then if they only go halfway it's gonna be like why didn't you go all the way and like make this its whole entire arc yeah it it was actually you're you're right now that you kind of mentioned that i think maybe they did leave it at a good note because if they went if they went farther than they did they'd need more explanation for it but the way they left it off is kind of like it's up to the kind of viewers the audience's discretion as to you know how they feel about that yeah but, and in, in richie's reaction to eddie's death like that that does say a lot like, yeah and it's well and acted did, by bill Hader. right and you know the, i also wanted to add that i did really love the scene where they were all like in the lake when they jumped off the cliff thing yeah at the end uh, they kind of were all together and you know had that experience of grief but you know bill Hader bringing it back and making a joke because you know that was kind of the nature of their friendship and uh, I also wanted to give a comment. I was really I appreciative. They broke down the walls of toxic masculinity. And at the end, when, ooh, I'm mixing up names now. I'm just gonna say James McAvoy. Bill. Bill, thank you. When Bill was on the phone with um, Ben and, not Ben, yes. No, with Mike. Oh, Mike, sorry, old Spice guy. With Mike, <laughs> they both said I love you to each other, which I thought was really 
progressive. Yeah, <laughs> so was nice. that. another thing on that, uh, the, the scene at the lake, I was, uh, I was a little grossed out when, uh, when Ben and Beverly finally kissed underwater, that oh. water looks disgusting. I made a, I made a joke to my roommate. I was like, I love the shape of water. <laughs> Oh, true. But, I mean, it, 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 it did. It did. It did. That did visually kind of evoke that a little bit. Except like, it's like bathroom water in the shape of water, which is like kind of clean, I guess. Here, yeah, it's like here. Well, actually, no. I guess part of that. Like, well, one of the scenes in the shape of water also happens like in an outdoor body of water. But this water just looks disgusting. And it's yeah. like underwater kissing is one of those things that like looks a lot cooler than I than it would be in practice, especially <laughs> when it's like this murky brown water. And it's yeah. like how much water if if you're just like kind of kissing like lips and nothing else, but like they're like really getting in there and it's like they're probably getting some disgusting water in their mouths by doing this if you really think about it. And I was just like, this isn't coming off as romantic as it should because I'm just thinking about how brown this water looks. I know. And as a germaphobe too, I'm like their eyes are open. I'm like, <laughs> River eating microbacteria is getting in their eyes. Not only are they sucking it in, I was like, "Oh, I do not like it." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that th- that was kind of like where they um, where they kind of like ultimately chose each other or whatever. And you, I don't know if I fully answered your question about earlier about just like how the love triangle goes, but I was just kind of like. I didn't really feel the need to go there that much. I was like, yeah. maybe, maybe in my head it was because like Bill, I knew Bill was married and I knew Ben wasn't. So it was like, I don't really want to like, I, I kind of like Bill. I don't really want to have to like, not like him. I don't want yeah. you to like, I don't want to like see him like cheat on his wife. And then like the, the movie want us to kind of cheer for it. Cause we want them to get together. If there are people that are shipping Bill and Beverly, I, right. I just didn't even want to go there and like have to be conflicted about like him being an adulterer. And I was just like, all right, like let's just like get her together with Ben. And then the movie went yeah. there and I was fine with it. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, one other thing, uh, I guess, shout out to, uh, great American director, Peter Bogdanovich for getting a cameo as the director of Bill's yeah. movie. That was like, that, that was very cool. I was like, oh wow, they they really went there. Apparently, uh, uh, apparently Andy Muschietti's like somehow friends with him, and like Peter Bogdanovich is like, hey, need a need a need someone to play a director in one of your movies, and he's like, right. I'm available. Yeah, which is kind of funny. I mean, like Peter Bogdanovich has did do some acting in his day, um, but like I thought that was kind of that was just kind of like a weird like, wait, that's Peter Bogdanovich, isn't it? Like, um, and at first I was like, is he supposed to be playing Peter Bogdanovich or is he supposed to be playing a director? And then they refer to him as Peter later. I was like, oh, okay, well that's no interesting deal. that they did that but like good, good that's kind of cool it wasn't like too distracting and i was like a cool just a cool little cameo so that was cool it went out i forgot because like, he should have been holding a copy of what's up doc which is my favorite movie from him so oh. next time <laughs> yeah there you go any other uh final thoughts before we sign off listen i feel like we've uh, fairly well covered as it as well as you can cover a two hour and 50 minute movie it as a double entendre right we covered it haha um no sorry bad joke <laughs> No, but I think we did a really good job. I'm sur- I'm I'm glad we had a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, I really love the movie. You know, if, if anything, go see it for the cast. It's still a really fun time. Go in it with an open mind. I'm curious to see if the audience who's listening has read the book before or not, and if they have any different opinions, because I'm sure you do if you've read the book before versus not having. So um, but definitely recommend seeing it. And if you aren't a fan of Bill Hader, you definitely will be after this. So. I don't know how someone cannot be a fan of Bill Hader, though. I know. What, what kind of monster wouldn't be? Um, but Everyone go watch Barry. <laughs> but yeah, no, for sure. Agreed. And I, I mean, I, again, I, I'm glad you make that last point about the book because, you know, even though we haven't read this book, like we know that like – just by knowing if you read about movies at all, if you've heard people talk about this movie, you know that there are certain decisions that they made to just like leave stuff out. And 
weave pretty big things out and probably smart decisions in that regard for some of the stuff that's in the book. And it's just like, I think the fact that they are able to do that shows that they're not like married to Stephen King's original text. Apparently Stephen King really liked the first movie. So I'm sure he really trusts Andy Machete and the producers of this movie and would have been fine with them um, messing around with stuff in the ways that Lisa and I talked about. And, you know, if someone, I, I am again, I'm interested to hear from people that have read the book, and if they like think there are th- good decisions they made, if there's bad decisions they would have made, or if they disagree with what we've recommended, even if it's something that's not in the book, because uh, they clearly had the artistic license if they wanted to do certain things, and I just think there are things they could have done to make this better. But I agree with Alyssa. Um, with Alyssa, like the performances are really good, and some of the set pieces I thought were pretty suspenseful, even if some of them were just too plentiful. Uh, and that that's ultimately where I came down on it as well. But still, it's like we got a few more weeks. Like the festivals are going now. So like we got a few more weeks before like we're out of like the summer and like fall movie season and all the really good stuff starts. So um, I, I don't think people will be too busy to check this out. Like, you know, this weekend is going to be a, actually a pretty big release weekend, you know. But um, if you add like a block of time that's like free, I think it's still worth it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lisa, before we sign off, uh, anything you want to plug where people can like – Letterbox, Twitter, where yep. they can find any thoughts that you might have on anything. Yes, you can follow me at Letterbox at Lissa Lissa L I S S A, and on Twitter, uh, Liss Kushbakti. That's gonna be fun. I'm not gonna spell it out. Sorry. All right. Uh, yeah, people can figure that out. They really want to yeah. find you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I I do spell my last name because it's just as weird as yours, but it's Josh Chernovoy J O S H J U R N O V O I on Twitter and Letterbox. Podcast email is Rewind Movie Pod. Uh, podcast at Rewind Movie Pod at Gmail and it's just Rewind Movie Pod on Twitter as well. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Got a busy release weekend. I don't know what order I'm going to put stuff out on. I know we're going to have a podcast on The Goldfinch, which is like the worst review of the three movies coming out next weekend. But I I already have a guest for that one so that's how i know i can tell you that's probably going to be the first one to come out but i'm very excited to talk about uh both hustlers and britney runs a marathon so everyone ever stay tuned for that and we'll see you next time